Greetings, everyone, and welcome to OSI Today, the podcast featuring news and views from around the Office of Special Investigations. I'm Wayne Amon from OSI Public Affairs, and I'm joined on this inaugural headquarters edition by the Vice Commander of OSI, Colonel Shan B. Knuckles. Colonel, welcome aboard. Hey, thank you very much, Wayne. It's a uh, real honor and a pleasure to be a part of this. Now, it must be gratifying to be part of another tool to further the command's strategic communications initiative, especially during the new normal of COVID-19. Absolutely. Uh, it is exciting. You know, the boss was very clear when he, ha when he took command that he had a vision on how to uh, try to communicate differently than some of the other OSI commanders, right? Not substituting his in-person visits, but, you know, leveraging all the tools available so that he could try to reach as many people as possible. So it's difficult enough with 3,400 personnel across uh, over 260 offices around the world, right? Time and distance are a barrier, and uh, COVID just amplified that, you know, mm -hmm. so much more. And so, uh, you know, this is part of the, the general's vision. So um, it's uh, great to be a part of the first one out the gate. <laughs> Sir, let's get into our subject for today. Uh, which is exactly how good OSI units become great. Now, you wrote a commentary about that particular topic in a recent edition of OSI's Global Reliance magazine, but you've also been a proponent of that thought process for quite a few years now. Yes, so it's something I, I think about uh, often. Uh, so let me start with, um, I like feedback. So and I mm -hmm. think a lot of people do, right? We want to know exactly what our bosses want from us. Right. And so I found uh, about four years ago, I found that when I uh, took region command that I was really interested in having an honest dialogue with the different field commanders on on you know not just how to accomplish our mission but how to how to set yourself apart from the other detachments how to you know what do I think the best OSI units look like and so you know I took uh, you know my experience over six commands and over 25 years and came up with this list. Mm -hmm. and, a, and a very uh, inclusive list it is too. Uh, as we get into it, uh, the first point you made uh, in your commentary, Colonel, was uh, uh, about integrity and accountability. Uh, how exactly does accountability play into OSI's core value of integrity? Right, so you know, one way to look at integrity, it is a uh, steadfast adherence to a strict moral or ethical code, right? Mm -hmm. So accountability is us being answerable for adhering to that code, basically saying like, did we do what we said we were going to do, right? right. And so what happens uh, with accountability, especially uh, when we don't meet standards? And so so how might this look at, a, at an OSI unit, right? So um, let's use an example of, say, a unit runs an operation and some members of the team do not do what was part of the plan. Mm -hmm. Okay, so what happens next? Do those members own up to that without without having to be challenged? Right. Uh, does anyone even challenge them? And then the issue gets ignored. Yeah. Um, what if it, the one who made the mistake was the leader, right? So what mm -hmm. happens then, right? Very, sometimes it's difficult to, uh, you know, to tell your boss, hey, you screwed up, right? Right, and so, right. Uh, But we, it is so important that we have environments uh, where we can have honest conversations, especially nowadays, right? So I wrote this, uh, this first list over four years ago. I wrote the commentary um, in uh, February, right? So pretty much pre-COVID, pre um, mm -hmm. the tragedy uh, of, of George Floyd, sure. pre the unrest that's going on, right? So uh, how powerful is it right now to be able to have conversations uh, in this environment where folks can say, hey, I don't, I don't feel safe about, um, you know, the way that we operate because of the, the pandemic. I don't feel, you know, I'm scared, I'm angry um, about what's going on with, with the unrest and what went on with police brutality mm -hmm. or, or, you know, or the murder of George Floyd. So 
you know, we need those uh, environments where our folks can feel safe to give each other uh, honest feedback. Right, right. Now, uh, as far as uh, a unit's level and scope of their impact, uh, I know it probably you know varies from unit to unit, but what beneficial impact do OSI units enjoy when they think outside of their regular mission sets? Yes, uh, so it's all about making us better, right? So what are you doing beyond just what your detachment, you think your detachment's mission is, right, beyond your base? So mm -hmm. are you actually uh, coming up with new um, tactics, techniques, and procedures that we can use throughout OSI, right, things that we can benchmark? Right. Are you come up with, coming up with new policy, um, you know, different the ways that we can adjust and adapt, right? Are you contributing to your wing in unexpected ways just instead of just being, well, that, that's our local OSI attachment mm -hmm, and they, mm -hmm. run, they run investigations, right? So yeah. that's what I'm getting at there is that, uh, you know, the best units, the best OSI units are actually having an impact across the command and across their wing, not just for their specific uh, geography or their specific um, line of effort. Right, right. Now, I know uh, OSI is a, a big proponent of uh, compliance. Now, uh, how does adhering to established procedural norms yield some positive results down the road for various units? In a couple different ways. Um, so by the nature of our assignments, you know, we have a limited amount of time at each location. Uh, plus, we are a distributed organization. Uh, so it's not unusual for us to start an investigation or start a step in a process and then hand that off to someone else. Mm -hmm. For us to be successful, everyone has to do their part. Uh, there's a great amount of trust that we put in each other to have ownership in our individual pieces. But if one of us doesn't do the right thing, then in the worst case, it can have a catastrophic uh, result for the people whose lives we touch and for our communities, like right. we saw in the Sutherland Springs sure, uh, sure. tragedy, yeah, right? Yeah. But also, because we have that churn, we have to have processes in our office that live beyond personality. So, um, and too many times, you know, you walk into a detachment, you walk in somewhere, and you're like, hey, we've been here for 70 years. Why does it feel like we're just now, you know, learning this all over again, or we're just mm -hmm. now creating a process to do this? Why do we have some that lost beyond, that lasts beyond the personnel churns? Yeah, yeah, it makes a lot of sense, that's, that's for sure. Uh, Colonel, uh, you know, you hear a lot about uh, people never stop learning. You're always learning every day. Yeah. You're learning Hopefully. something new every day, right? <laughs> Hopefully, yeah, especially you know, person like myself yeah. with gray hair. Uh, but uh, is, what do leaders of units, uh, when they continue to learn, what do they bring to a unit's table by them continuing to to learn on a daily basis? Yes. So I think our general expects all of us to be learning leaders, and uh, when you do have learning leaders or a uh, commitment to learning within your detachment, it sends a very powerful message. When the leader up front says, "I know I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make, uh, but I'm going to make deliberate choices with my time, my energy, and my attention to be better," uh, it leaves space open for the team to have discussions about how can we can get better in one thing, and then how how we can get better in all things. Uh, then specifically, it means that we can all get better as individual technicians and leaders. And then we can benefit from sharing each other's diverse experiences. Right. So no matter how long you maybe you've been with the unit, uh, you can always learn from somebody about something. We have to. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, two words that I think uh, are, are really go well together are innovation and flexibility. Uh, now we're in 2020. Uh, why must the unit change with the times? Oh, yeah. That may seem like an obvious question, but uh, uh, some yeah. people like to be set in their ways. But uh, yeah. you know, change is good, really. Absolutely right. So one of the analogies I, I use often is, uh, you know, we're like sharks. We have to keep swimming, or else we'll die. Right. So we have to evolve, right? Because our mission, our customers, our technology, our knowledge, 
the threats to the Air and Space Force, they all evolve. Mm-hmm. You know, so we have to adapt as well. And our boss has challenged us to be innovative, be flexible, uh, and it really, he means it, right? So it's a really great time. If you have a, a good idea, um, but you feel like you weren't getting any traction before, because mm-hmm. maybe you thought nobody cared or OSI wouldn't listen or we're too stuck in our ways, right. uh, those times are over. Like the boss is driving innovation, mm-hmm. um, not just because he, you know, he likes new ideas, but because he ha- understands how important they are uh, to us being effective. Right, very good words for sure. Uh, we hear a lot of, uh, about uh, the word risk. Um, and people are sometimes hesitant to take a risk because they don't want to look over their shoulder uh, or they want to know, uh, they, they think of the worst that's going to happen. But uh, you're a proponent of uh, kind of calculated risk taking. Uh, how would a unit benefit from uh, going about it that way? So probably one of the most important challenges our people face is, um, you know, where do I take risks? That's a mm-hmm. question that, you know, sure. they, um, one of the most important questions they have to ask themselves, but it's also one of the most challenging. Um, we simply do not have the people, the resources, and the time to do everything. Mm-hmm. We rarely have all the information that we need to make informed decisions. Right. So in order to be successful at taking calculated risks, we need good prioritization, clear guidance from our bosses, and we need a culture in the office that allows us to make mistakes. The key, though, is to learn from those mistakes quickly and then move forward smarter. I see. I see. So there is a, a method to the madness, quote unquote, if you will. It's a uh, you know, calculated risk. Uh, you have to weigh a lot of factors before you take that risk, I would imagine. Absolutely. And so that's why it's so important that um, our leaders and our teams are situationally, situationally aware of what's mm-hmm. going on mm-hmm. in, their, um, in their AOR with their attachment, right? So, um, and when you are aware of what's going on, then you can be more than just reactive, right? So the more that you're aware, the more that you can anticipate. Uh, when you understand the environment that you're working in, the threats, the challenges, the opportunities, the priorities, when you know how all of the pieces fit together, then you can better understand the second and third effects of your decisions and you can anticipate issues before they become problems, meaning that you are best prepared to mitigate beforehand or craft solutions. So you can be much more proactive and play offense instead of just playing defense. So you don't necessarily have to be able to be a, a fortune teller to know what's coming down the road if you can uh, adequately plan for it. Well, it comes with experience, right? It's not right. easy. Sure. So, sure. Uh, you know, the first 90 days to 100 days that a leader is in their unit, that, that's one of the things they should be focusing on is, is trying to understand, you know, the, the, the space that they operate in. Right. Um, and it comes with time. But over time, you know, what I would expect is the, the the best commanders, the, the best units, is to be ahead of that information curve. I see. We hear a lot about the word teamwork and, and team uh, all over the place, uh, but there's a, a phrase called, uh, that you alluded to, I believe, uh, selfless teamwork. Uh, what does teamwork bring to an individual within the unit? Well, we're all stronger. We're all smarter together, right? So you're not going to be able to be um, as effective as possible if you're just operating by yourself or, uh, or operating on your own self-interest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, we're small teams. You know, we have to rely on each other uh, to be able to uh, be as effective as possible in the way that the Air and Space Force needs us to be. So, sure. um, so that's one of the things I enjoy the, the most about being an OSI is, uh, is working in teams, collaborating, cooperating. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, coming up with new ideas together, coming you know, brainstorming together, executing missions together. You get a really tight sense of uh, of camaraderie, of family, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, when you're all you know working together for the same uh, same goal, right? We're yeah. all rowing in the same direction. So, yeah. and then to watch 
you know, to be able to contribute to a team and you watch people uh, rise up and meet their personal professional goals, that's a, that's a tremendous feeling. I think uh, that's what our best commanders should be and our best leaders should be uh, focusing on. It also seems to me, Colonel, that uh, it's not just the nuclear team of uh, OSI, but uh, it extends out to the law enforcement team, and, and, and it just kind of branches out. It's like, like being the hub of the, the uh, spokes on the wheel that go out to the entire team concept. Absolutely. When you've got a culture of teamwork in an office, and that just comes natural to everybody, they start to seek out, okay, who else may have, you know, who else may be a stakeholder in this? Who else can mm -hmm. we can we work with to better, um, you know, counter the threats to our base, or better solve a case, or sure. you know, better uh, conduct our training, or you know, whatever it is that, that we're trying to get done? So yeah, um, yeah, it's a, a very uh, very good thing to to think about. That's for sure. Uh, timeliness has always been a, a major factor within OSI uh, as far as uh, executing its uh, business on a daily basis. Uh, what does that say about a unit that uh, really stays on top of things in a, in a timely manner? Not just you know meeting deadlines, but uh, from the overall scope of, of performing their mission. Right. So it really comes down to um, does that, if a, if a debt is not timely, you know, have a reputation for not being timely on, mm -hmm. on certain things, whether it's investigation, whether it's decorations or evaluations, whether it's certain tasks, right? Then you right. start to ask yourself, like, does that detachment, does that leadership really understand, um, you know, what their priorities are, right? right. Are they, right. They have they articulated, um, you know, those priorities and requirements, to, you know, to their first personnel? Mm -hmm. Are they giving good guidance, you know? I start to ask the questions like, what are they paying attention to, right? What if, True. if they're not, you know, if they're, it'd be one thing if you're, you know, you're doing really well in your investigations and your operations, and then maybe, you, you know, you've taken some risk on some other things, but, uh, but then, you you know, I, I want to hear that from, from those commanders. I want to, when I have that conversation, I want to hear back, yeah, we, we purposely, you know, took risk, getting back to that calculated right. risk, right. we purposely took risk in these other things because I felt like these other things are important, but you know, sometimes what you what you find is that there's you know there's a lack of understanding of what the requirements are. There's a lack of, of organization. There's a lack of follow through. But mm -hmm. it's really mm -hmm. just one data point. Um, it's one um, red flag that allows me to have a conversation. So yeah. I, you know, I, I think over time people have worked with me. You know, I may have a bit of a reputation of uh, you know where I'm paying attention to timeliness over other things. But mm -hmm. it, it's it's not about well, I want you to have all your LMS done. Or I want you to be, you know, you're on your TMTs. I want you to be 100% on your evals and decorations and not being late. It's, it's not, it's not about that, right? Mm -hmm. It's about the general. That is a factor that I look at to see what is the health of that unit. What are the leaders paying attention to? What are mm -hmm. they? How do they do their um, decision calculus? How are they doing their, their thought processes? Right? right? How do they decide right. where to take risk? And so, um, so timeliness is important, um, specifically for our investigations and our operations because we have people at the other end of those right we have you know bad guys that uh, may deserve justice we have you know victims who are uh, you know who are seeking uh, some resolution right for for their right their right. you know the crime against them that we have decision makers that are trying to make informed decisions that are waiting on our cases mm -hmm. um, but it really is just an overall to me it's a it's one of the things i look at to how is a detachment you know is it is it healthy sure Sir, you alluded to uh, this a little while ago, uh, communication, the flow of communication, uh, you know, units being able to talk to headquarters and, and, and vice versa. Uh, 
Exactly how pivotal is communication up and down that chain? Right, so one thing that um, has been a constant in my career is that there seems to be some sort of feeling like the higher headquarters is the enemy, right? Is mm -hmm, the adversary. Mm -hmm. right? Us what, versus them, that kind of exactly, thing. Exactly, right? <laughs> and it, sometimes it can go both ways, right? But yeah. the, so there seem to be real disconnects between, you know, what the point of view from each of the each of the levels, right? Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. so I, I really try to work hard to have um, to break down those walls so that a detachment understands it is okay to call the region and um, ask a question. It is okay mm -hmm. to, um, you know, bring a new idea. It is okay to say, I'm really, um, you know, I have some bad news. Um, and then let's work on it together, right? Just like also from the regions, if you see something, like maybe there's a, a trend of, um, maybe you think that, you know, let's get back to timeless. Maybe you think timeless is not going well. Maybe you mm -hmm. think they're not running a case a certain way. Um, let's not jump to conclusions, right? Let's call the detachment and find out what's going on. Right. But there's this really interesting thing that happens is where we, it's human nature where we, you know, when we don't meet, a, you know, when we don't meet a, an expectation on something, we judge ourselves by our intent, right? I say, well, I meant to do mm -hmm. a good job. Mm -hmm. I just mm -hmm. didn't do it. So we kind of yeah. let ourselves yeah. off the hook, right? But if, but if I see somebody else not meet the mark, I, I judge them on the results, Right, and so instead of judging right. their, their intent, right. so let's, right. you know, let's let's not be afraid to talk to each other. Let's not jump to conclusions. Let's let's have the kind of environments where we can, you know, talk to each other up and down the chain of command, and then we're all going to be better for it because we, you know, can get questions answered more quickly. We can learn best practices. We can um, find out the, what the ground truth is and how we can best help each other. Right. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. you know, sometimes you know they say where you stand is where you sit. Right. So in the headquarters right. we. We try to not have such a headquarters-centric view. We try to really understand what's going on in the regions and the field so we can make good policy, make good resource decisions, right? make, you know, make good operational decisions so we can help the, uh, help the field. Um, but if, if we don't talk to each other, we're never going to get to that, that understanding, right? Yes, so. sir. Now, uh, before we wrap things up, uh, sir, on this uh, inaugural headquarters podcast, uh, you wrapped up your commentary in uh, Global Reliance magazine by saying that this whole thing kind of boils down to a matter of setting the right culture within the, uh, the command. Do uh, you want to expound on that just a bit? Right. So these aren't just 10 d different itemized tasks that, you know, if you if you do these 10 things, then, you know, you're going to be a, a great detachment. Kind of a checklist thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's really <laughs> down to what is the culture in that unit, right? What are you, what are you doing? What are you striving to do? What are you doing together? Um, but I'd also understand it's not a complete list, right? This is just my own opinion mm -hmm, based on mm -hmm. my own singular experiences. Right, and, yeah. um, you know, I really um, hope what it does is it starts a conversation and motivates folks to, to sit down and, and really think about, well, what do they think makes a good unit great, right? So what do we they think that, that we need to do uh, so that we can, you know, rise all of our attachments up um, and to help meet the boss's intent and get after the, the mission like the Air and Space Force needs us to do so. Right you are, sir. Uh, we've uh, pretty much uh, come to the end of our first podcast, sir. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we uh, sign off? Just thanks so much, Wayne, for uh, your leadership on this. Uh, you know, the boss is super excited about this and all the ways that he um, can connect with our folks now, right? He is a genuine and authentic leader and he loves to get out and and talk to our people and hear from them and then and engage with them and tell them how proud he is and 
of them and thank you know look them in the eye and shake their hand and say thank you for the hard work and the sacrifice and so uh, but these tools are a great way to to help can stay connected when he can't be everywhere so colonel thank you so much for joining us today thanks Wayne. and thank you all for listening to us today uh, uh for osi today i'm wayne amos saying so long for now